Today, as we begin for us what is a new chapter in in Romans, uh, beginning now in Romans the 8th chapter, today we're going to not get too deep into this chapter. I I don't know how how the Lord is going to have me deal with this this chapter. We're going to just look at the first four verses, and we're probably not going to get out of verse 1 today. And... Do this, and I pray you're doing this anyway without me saying anything. Be reading Romans. Just be reading it. Read read all. With what we're going to read today, read the whole chapter later. <laughs> I'm asking you don't do it while I'm up here preaching. Do it, do it later. Let it be part of your, your Bible reading. But read it and see how all of this goes together. Because it's like we're almost turning another page in the book of Romans. With, with everything he's talked about so far now, it's almost like, okay, here here it is. Grasp onto this. And, and you'll see as we go through. Uh, let's, let's just read. Romans 8th chapter, let's go to the first four verses. I'm going to be reading through the first four verses. Uh, I'm going to do this. I, I didn't know if I was even going to talk about this, but I don't know what all versions of the Bible everybody is reading today. But but the first verse, let's just read. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus if you're in the NASB, if you're in the ESV, period who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You're going to see those same exact words when we get to verse 4. And maybe I'll talk about that in a, a, a little bit later. But there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for Your Word and Lord, I pray that you'd pour out your Spirit upon us. Just give us understanding. And, and Lord, help me to get not get caught up on lesser things. Lord, help us to stay on your Word and the depths of it and the meaning of it today. So, Lord, give us understanding. Lord, keep me from error. Keep me from running down rabbit trails. But, Lord, let your Word speak. Help us, Father. And I pray that should there be someone even here today or someone who might listen to this sermon at a later time who is yet without Christ, that Christ is not in them, that Lord, by Your mercy, by Your grace, by the truth of Your Word and the power of Your Spirit, Lord, draw them to Yourself. Help them to see Your glory. Help them to see their sin. Help them to see the separation between them and You. And then show them, Lord, their rescue. 
that is in Christ. So, Father, help us all that we might remember and give thanks for the rescue of Jesus Christ. Help us now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Romans 8.1, and Chase put it up in the ESV. And just, just let me say this, since I did bring it up. In, the, in, in what I have read, and again, I am no Bible great Bible scholar, I am no Greek scholar, I am none of those things. But from what I understand and from men that, that I believe are true men of God and, and, and evangelists and preachers, in this, in the ESV, the NSB, period, it doesn't have that other. And what they say is that in the, they call it the better transcripts that those words uh, who do not walk according to flesh but according to the Spirit are in verse 4 and shouldn't have been there and are not in there in what they call the better text. And some people will take that and run with it and say, well, looky there, there's errancy in the Word of God. No. And from, from what I have seen and read, what how, how was things, how were copies made Back in the day, you didn't have a copier, you didn't have computers, you didn't have that. You had scribes, and they would spend hours and hours and hours looking at text, transcribing, 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 and 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 what someone put out there, perhaps some scribe, some monk, someone, perhaps they were late or not. For I don't know, but they inserted. That portion from verse 4 into verse 3. You can research that. You can do it yourself. But I know when you take this scripture and you put a period right there, when, when you add the other, when you take it, it doesn't really change it. But I love just like this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Period. Perhaps one of the greatest verses in all of Scripture. And I was tempted just to stand up here and keep reading it over and over and over again to let it sink in to the child of God. Can you even begin to grasp what this is for the true believer? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I pray, I pray, Lord, help us to understand this and to get a glimpse and just a, a bit of a grasp on this wonderful verse. There is therefore now, therefore there is now, ever how you want to read that, Therefore, what would we always say when you have a therefore? What's it there for? And you go back. How far do we go back? Is this just in regard to what he has just said at the end of chapter 4? I, I believe this is a great transition. And I believe that this is a therefore in regard to everything that he said up to this point. 
So what has been Paul's emphasis in the midst of this? We know this. As you would go back, and I would encourage you to do so, go back and reread the first seven verses before you read, or, or chapters before you read chapter 8. And you will, you will see that up through Romans around verse 20 that Paul showed the hopeless condition of all of mankind because of our sin against most holy God. It says they had suppressed the glory of God and unrighteousness. They had exchanged the truth of God for the lie. They had failed to acknowledge God and worship the creature rather than the creator. There is none righteous, no, not one. And if we would read just a couple of verses, uh, Romans 3, verses 19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, why? That, the, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good person. I, no, that's not my... No! All! None righteous. All! Mouth stopped. All the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. All the world guilty before God. All held accountable under God's holy wrath. All continuing to treasure up, to store up wrath until the day of the righteous judgment of God. And then the question would arise out of reading such passages as that, well, well, who will be able to stand? If that's the case, who can stand? How will anyone be justified in the sight of most holy God? And Paul brings in the doctrine of justification by grace. <laughs> by grace alone, apart from the works of the law. Romans three twenty one through 26. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Paul's message of justification by grace through faith. No other way to be justified before God than by grace through faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's go uh, to chapter 5. Let's read verse 18 through 21 in Romans. Romans 5, 18 through 21. Therefore, 
Again, there's a therefore, so take everything that, that up to there. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Who was that one man? Say it. Adam. This was talking of Adam. Through Adam, all are condemned. We spent a lot of time talking about that. In Adam, all die. Adam, his fall brought death to all Men, we will all die. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, who is this? Jesus Christ. Through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. I've asked this question, how many? All, all, all. So also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. How many? Now you're going to say all there? Here, now if you do say all there, it'd have to be qualified as all who believe. If you want to put all there, all who believe, that's how many. All who believe. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And we've talked about this to great detail, that sin might abound, that to be made known, to be made manifest, that we might see, remember, the exceeding sinfulness of sin. But where sin abounded... What? Grace abounded much more. And we've sung about that amazing grace this morning. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, our justification is of the grace of God, the free gift in Christ. And always when I... I even say that the free gift, yes, it was free to us. Didn't cost us anything, but it had a great cost. A great cost. God reckons us righteous and accepts us and keeps us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but because of deeds done by Christ. In righteousness, through one man's righteous act, not our righteous acts. We read Titus 3, verses 4 through 7 quite often. I'm going to do it one more time. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out, on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And if I could go back into Romans 3, verse 28, one more time. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of of the law. Those in Christ have died to the law. We have died to sin. 
in Romans 7, verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. Why? That you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, to Christ, you see. To be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. That we should be married to another. And we, we talked about that. And, and uh, uh, the, where, where the one spouse would die, the other then the other was free to marry. We have died to sin that we may be married to Christ. And some may take that and say, I'm married to Jesus. That just sounds weird. I'm married to Jesus. Let me, let me just say this. The church, the true church, the church that is the members of the body of Christ, the true church, is called what? The bride of Christ. And one day, the bride of Christ will be together with the bridegroom, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb for all true believers. No, it's a great thing to say, married to Christ. And so don't ever let that wording trip you up. Having died to the law through the body of Christ, having died to sin so that we might be married to another, Jesus Christ, the one who was raised from the dead, and in being married to Christ, having been placed in Christ, united with Christ, the law's curse or condemnation on sin has been taken away, dead to sin, dead to the law's condemnation, because Christ took it for us. And that Romans 8, 1, one more time, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now now is a time word. It points to the change that has come about as the result of believers entering into the justification that Jesus Christ made possible by his sacrificial death. We had all stood condemned before God. We were due to suffer the penalty of an eternal death for our sins, but for the believer that has changed. By the grace of God, at the moment of our salvation, that all changed. There is therefore now no condemnation. Now Paul talked of condemnation in Romans 5 verse 16. And the gift, and, and here the gift, this is referring to the gift of God's grace. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. And we read earlier from Romans 5, and we read 18. Let's read just verse 18 one more time. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Condemnation. This condemnation is death. The wages of sin is death. An eternal 
death, an everlasting death, if, if you can even imagine that, a, an eternal separation from God in Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, verses 7 through 9. And Paul said, and, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction, everlasting condemnation. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Can you imagine that? For for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. What about the little word no? I don't want to just go over that and not talk about that. In, in the Greek, there's different words for no. And in this case, it's an emphatic negative. Not just no, but an emphatic no. It's the strongest intensity from what I've read of the word no. So it would be not only as a, a Christian not in a state of condemnation now, they can never be. It is an impossibility. There is no condemnation. Do you see the intensity? You know, we have the word no in our English language, and we, we can't put the intensity to it. But in the Greek, it does. No condemnation. An impossibility. One more time. Verse 1. There's therefore now... No condemnation for those, to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do we get the enormity of the statement? A marvelous and glorious truth. But this is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. I've talked often about there being two categories. Believer, unbeliever, saved, unsaved, condemned, not condemned. Put the categories to this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is nothing but condemnation for those who are apart from Christ. Only two categories. For those in Christ, no condemnation. For those apart from Christ, nothing but condemnation. Mark 16, 16. Mark 16, 16. He who believes, believes the gospel of Jesus Christ, you see. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved from wrath, saved from condemnation. But listen, but listen, but he who does not believe will be what? Say it. Condemned. Saved, unsaved, not condemned, condemned. 
Those in Christ, no condemnation. Those apart from Christ, only condemnation. That's a very stark truth, isn't it? I'll just ask. People, be just be honest with yourselves. Which category are you? Are you yet under condemnation? Are you, or have you been saved by grace through faith? And there's therefore now no condemnation. There's only two categories. This I know, and, and we're going to leave the depths of this just right here, and 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 just close this way this morning, and, and we'll pick up later. But man, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Child of God, do you grasp that? And if you truly grasp it, does it change how you're living your life? If you know there's therefore now no con- condemnation. We're going to talk about that, Lord willing, more next week. But for those who can't say, yes, I know I'm saved. Yes, I, I know that. I, 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 preacher, I don't. I, I, this I know. And we're going to be reading about this. That for those who are in Christ, for those who are truly saved, the Spirit of God will give testimony to you that you are a child of God. His Spirit will bear witness with you that you know. Do you know? Is the Holy Spirit within you letting you know that you're a child of God? In John 3, verse 16 through 18, and in talking about condemnation today perhaps you're going to read this passage a little differently or understand it a little bit differently for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Why is he condemned already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In John 3 verse 36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God, the condemnation of God, you see, abides on him. Jesus came to the earth to be the perfect sacrificial lamb, to give his life a ransom for many, for those who would believe, to pay in full the penalty of sin for all those who would believe. And so the gospel call goes out by faith, believe and receive Jesus Christ. Confess that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Repent of your sins and turn and follow Him. Receiving Christ. In John 5 verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in Him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life shall not come into wrath, shall not come into condemnation. 
John 6, verse 47. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. So my prayer, the Apostle Paul says, I plead by grace through faith, believe, receive Christ, repent, believe in him. Close with this, Romans 10, verses 9 through 13, one more time. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I say so often, saved from what? Saved from wrath, saved from condemnation that we've been talking about this morning. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from wrath, saved from condemnation. And then they could say, if you could just put that Romans 8 1 up one more time. And then they can say, of themselves even, there is therefore now no condemnation. For me, because I am in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word. And, and, and my prayer, Lord, continues to be, if, if there's someone lost, Lord, open their eyes. It, it's not, it can't be my persuasive words. It can't. It has to be you. Salvation is of you. Lord, it has to be you that, that shines light into darkness. It has to be you that opens up blinded eyes. It has to be you that breathes life into that which is dead and give them a new heart. So, Lord, I pray, have mercy. And, Lord, for those of us who can truly say we know, we know, we know, because the Spirit has, has, has borne witness within us that, that we are saved and that we are children of God. Lord, help us to hang on and hold fast to such a glorious statement as there is therefore now no condemnation. And Lord, help us that we may live our lives in light of that fact. So help us, Lord, in everything that we would say and do, that it would... Bring honor and glory to you. Lord, help me. Help us all, Lord, that we would never do anything, say anything that would blaspheme your holy name and give cause to the enemies of Christ to to blaspheme. So, Lord, help us. Help us in all our ways to acknowledge you. And then help us to trust that great promise that you would direct our path. Help us, Lord, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.